Hello and welcome to the DM's Book Club, a weekly book club podcast where we talk about some Dungeons and Dragons and discuss how we might include it in our role-playing campaigns. But that's not what we're doing this week, is it, Hamilton? No. <laughs> no, it's not. As I was saying, I'm slightly nervous because this, it's diff- this is different. This is different. This yes. is very different on many levels, many, mm-hmm. many levels. Yeah, so this week I have the honour and the privilege of being Hamilton's DM for a one-on-one little adventure mm. using the uh, new supplement, the Adventure Atlas, the Mortuary that came out recently as mm. part of sort of promoting uh, Planescape. Yeah. Compared to the other stuff which has been free, this is sort of a little bit of more of an expansion on that first beginning yeah. uh, sort of section that we were talking about in our Planescape episode. Episodes. And so Hamilton sort of was like, why, why don't, why don't you, Fiona, why don't you do something? Why don't you do something? I, I, I want to be a player. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. Any opportunity to be a player, to be honest. Exactly. And so we thought, why not for this particular episode? Because mm. we are near the end of season five, and always at the end of seasons in DMs, mm. we always do some actual plays. So that's why true, not? actually. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even consider that at the same time. So first off, obviously, because this is an audio podcast, we're going to do Fear of the Mind. Of course. If there is any combat, you might be like Undertale. You'd be like, nope, <laughs> pacifist run, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so does that involve? But also, we'll, we'll go through first. We'll do uh, the general things that I always do when I run streams. And it's mm. and the reason we're doing this is just, you know, because obviously Hamilton and myself, we are very good friends. Uh, we've never played together before. And so I just well, to... we've played together. I've DM'd you. You I have DM'd you DM'd at, um, in White Blue Mountain. You did the Dragon's Duel really early on. Yeah. Uh, you also did Morkborg, Morkborg recently. Morkborg recently, and obviously Bowie's and Spelljammer. You oh, feature in it, of course. Oh well, I, I, that that is true. <laughs> sorry, feature in it in the first episode more than most of the Bowie's. Sorry, I, so, sorry let me rephrase. Uh, I have never DM'd yourself, That's but it, you have yeah. DM'd me several times. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Let's put it this way: I do like horror. And I know you do not. Uh, and this particular, uh, you know, with, with a title as The Mortuary yeah. and themes about death and stuff, I thought, why don't we actually do th- go through a very sort of quick but uh, overview about using safety tools and yep. also lines and veils and just giving it as That's an example. Because uh, I've been on several forums and chats where people go, I don't use them. And they suck the energy out of rooms and stuff like that. And I just wanted to show that it can be done very quickly. And we can also make them uh, interesting mm-hmm. and fun if it's just one person or a group of people. I think it's a really good idea to show this off when you said this as a plan. I think that's really cool. You know what I find very weird is Aliens is one of the first videos I had as a kid, the mm-hmm. trilogy. So I like those sorts of horror. It's just, when I say it's the horror, it's the jump scare saw horror that I'm not a mm. fan of. You know what I mean? Or the like super psychological, like Black Mirror, I can't stand because mm. it's too real. Mm. You know what I mean? Like aliens, they're, fuck- they're aliens. They don't exist. So that's interesting. So yeah, so instantly when I say horror, you know, yeah. people go to different what different yeah. genres and stuff like that. So that that's why it's good to know. So nail it down. This is what I mean. That's why I think it's really interesting because it can mean different things to different people as well. So I think mm-hmm. it's really important. Yeah. So let's go over safety tools first. Now, obviously, okay. we're in an online setting. It's just us two. Mm-hmm. But I will say we'll go through the the big one that I always use because it's the most common one. Uh, yep. But there are other things we can do as well. Uh, is the X card, and basically the X card is just a time when you, the player, feel uncomfortable about something that's happening in the scene, happening towards your character, or something about the scene in general. At any point, you can visibly show me uh, an X using your hands, or press an X in the chat. Normally, for other people, uh, you can do it anonymously, but I know it's just you, and that means that indicates to me that you want an element removed from the scene. 
you never have to justify what that element is. The only thing I might do is clarify what element it is, because sometimes in horror, there's lots of different elements yeah. going on. And then it's my job as the GM to remove that element from the scene. Now, that could mean restarting the scene back a little bit or moving forward on time a little bit like mm. that. For me, uh, like X card stuff uh, hasn't necessarily come up that often. But I know, for example, an example that was given to me a long time ago, there was a scene uh, sort of like in a, a Western, a bar, and there was somebody that was heavily smoking and somebody X carded that. And instantly they're like, yep, there's no smoking in this bar. And it was just a simple, just yeah. take take away from it. Even though it is maybe a trope of the genre, uh, as soon as somebody X-carded it, the GM was like, no, all right, we'll take that out. Yeah. Then, and, and then again, we just carried on with the scene and nothing mm. happened. There was no consequence of removing the scene. So that's the X-card in that uh, particular thing. But there is also, on top of that, there are many other different things you can do. So there are stuff which I'm going to hand to you as the player. So there's things called play and pause, which I think you've used before. That's the system I use because it makes mm -hmm. sense to me. That's it's just because the way my brain works. I think both are good. It's just, um, but I don't mind either. I'm just no, saying no, that's no, how, no, no, I, as a I, GM, I find it easier to manage as well. And also because I'm recording things, mm -hmm. it uses terminology <laughs> yes. that makes a lot of sense for what we're doing. So it means I don't have to make a leap of judgment in what I'm interacting with, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, no, yeah. absolutely. That's that's the uh, that's the key thing. I think with um, mm. with play and pause, so there's for people who don't know, uh, pause just means that you you go oh pause and you just check in out of character with mm. the people going around saying is this what's happening? And that could be like oh are we going down this route? Oh you know, so it doesn't have to be removing of it. It's just pausing to check in with people and then play. You just continue the scene. So it's that out of character stuff. There's also stuff like fast forward and rewind as well, which could be used as well. And stop as well, which is like if someone just needs an immediate. Which you don't even have to do anything for, but I always have the, if you can, if I'm not, I always say like, because on, mm. online, I always think it's really good. If someone can at least message or say it verbally, then quit or something like that, then yeah. I might not see you. That's yeah. the other thing. What is good about verbalizing it? Because there is the visual one, but I think on an on an online setting, mm -hmm. sometimes you've got 20 tabs open and you're actually yes. not watching the people you're oh. talking to. And so if someone doesn't verbally communicate them, I think yes. that's really useful to have in mind as for these things. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the verbalization of it mm -hmm. as well. And again, if we're, there was more people in the group, I would ask people, if I miss it, other people to then be like, oh, yeah. stop as well. It's exactly. just, again, because there's no there's no shame of being that person that stops the game because actually that, that right. helps because somebody else might also have a similar issue but do, doesn't wish to bring it yeah. up similar to the x card is something called the o card mm. and that is just simply oh yes more of this i want to right. go into that thing a little bit more so uh that is also open to you as well if you're like oh i really want to explore this particular bit or something like that you just you type okay. in o or something like that but again these are just all tools that we can use just to help yeah. us having that experience so let's talk about how do we shape the story in that sort of yeah. sense we've got these tools to help us in the game but I might have devised a story where you're like, oh, I feel uncomfortable from the outgo. So let's talk about lines and veils. So again, right. those people who are out there probably know what they are, but just in case you don't, a line is basically a topic that is just off the table completely. It's never going to be mentioned. It's never going to be referred to in any way. A veil is something that can be part of the story, but we've put a, a veil over it. It's a soft focus. We can pan away. An example would be like somebody might have spiders as a line or a veil. A line would be that there's no spiders that are ever mentioned at all. Uh, we don't see any cobwebs. We don't see anything like that. But a veil might be, oh, there are cobwebs, or we hear the skittering of spiders, or something like that. That they are off screen, but they're not necessarily the focus yeah. of it. So um, Hamilton, again, that you you don't have to have an answer to this. I think people always go, oh, I must have an answer for these sort of mm. things. But do you have any lines or veils that you'd wish to share right now? I can give some examples of stuff that I would put on the table if you need time. Yeah, there's ones that I always go to, which is mm -hmm. harm to children 
is mm-hmm. something that I'm always like, that's a, a line for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's too close. It's just like, you know, it's just particularly yeah. as a father, but I don't have to explain it. I know. So that's the point. Mm-hmm. That's the other part of it. And then I'm not a fan of like harm to animals either. I find mm-hmm. that quite, I don't really, yeah. So those two are sort mm-hmm. of normally like, this is the thing I always say as well. Like I'm always up for confirming and discussing these things with people as well, because it they're, they are nuanced mm-hmm. as well. To so, Like as in, I, I don't mean as in like, I just don't want people to be like, uh, uh, what's the wording for it? Like, you know, like unnecessary harm to animals or something like that. But it's more like, as in like, I understand that we're fighting beasts. Do you see what I mean? So like, it, you can see that there yes. is a disconnect between like, we might be fighting an owlbear. I understand that that's, but I mean like harm to... The creatures that aren't attacking or threatening yourself. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Again, this is the thing. I think people always are like, but what if, but what if? And this is where yeah. obviously the pause stuff comes in. We go, oh, exactly. pause. We're going to go into, I think, can we just check in? And yeah. I've had that as well. So those are two lines. Absolutely great. Yeah. Uh, do you have any other lines or veils that you want to share? I think the obvious ones that I, I that we all, you always, and I think this is the other thing to mention if you're going through this, there are things you have to say in these processes, mm-hmm. which actually I think are worthwhile saying, mm-hmm. even though they're uncomfortable to say potentially or like Mm -hmm. or it's obvious you feel bad because you're like well this person wouldn't do this like my dm wouldn't bring this up but you Mm -hmm. should say them and I, i always try as a dm myself to just go okay guys i'm gonna put down some things here that are not comfortable things to talk about, but mm-hmm. I'm just going to say these are clear lines and you don't have to talk about. We don't even have, you don't even have to say because they're mm-hmm. lines for me. And it's like homophobia, racism, sexism, all that sort of, you know. Mm-hmm. Transphobia. Any, transfer, any ism or phobia of that kind just out of my games. Because it's not the world. As in, I always exist to try and create the world that is the Star Trek universe we have. Mm-hmm. I think those things are... Are just off the mm-hmm. table i think going on with that then there's obviously just like a, you know sexual abuse and and elements of that nature i think you know any uh, harm in that sense yep. is off the table and these and again these are things you're like i know fiona wouldn't bring those into the game and i know that but i think if you're in a group no matter what group you're in someone in there and i think the gm if they should be the person to lead these as possible mm-hmm. should be just there to clearly state those things absolutely even though it's you're never going to do it and mm. you know you're not well i mean you know you just should outline them absolutely there might be games where you want to investigate elements of mm-hmm. people of different uh, cultures that what are that are at war mm-hmm. you know they, those are things uh, that people do want to investigate and i think they can be investigated in interesting ways mm-hmm. but then it's finding the right balance in that but i don't think it's mm-hmm. you know and, and i know it feels like oh fiona hamilton are going on about the safety stuff but i think this is equally important for when you're doing stuff for content in terms of streaming yeah. now, obviously we're not streaming this particular yeah. uh, episode and we're not doing it live but it's something to think about when mm. if you're if you're creating content at a time of yeah. great upheaval so yeah so a, a line for me would be example would be anything to do with warfare and anything yeah. that depicts necessarily uh real world religions just now because exactly. again we don't you know, this is not a place we're going to explore those stories but as you said there are some systems that allow for those stories to be explored but only if everyone at the table is is wants to explore those eat the reich for example oh, that is going to be dealing with can't wait fascists to play game. Uh, yes. you know so in those you're going to be dealing with people that are awful beings you know yep. that are doing things of that nature do you know mm-hmm. what i mean and your whole purpose of that game is to be vampires killing them. <laughs> yeah. So obviously those themes are going to come up. You know what? You you brought a really good point up because uh, I don't know if you've read the preview for that. I, we will get to the game, I promise. Um, mm. The preview of that is really well written about how do they deal with themes of, you know, fascism. I'll be interested to read that. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I would recommend that as well. Uh, so yeah. So I completely agree that uh, isms, mm. phobic uh, language, all that sort of mm. thing is off the table. Absolutely fine. In terms of veils for myself, I don't have I don't have anything additional today. And that's the other thing as well. Mm. I'd say is that. It's always better yeah. for players to go, I have nothing additional to add, rather than going, I have no boundaries. Because mm. we know what you mean, but you it might come up at some point, and this is the same for you, Hamilton, as well. If at any point you go, oh, actually, that is a boundary, that you can always discover yeah. those things. Because I didn't think I, ha- I had harm to animals. I had that as a veil and not a line mm. until I watched some horror stuff recently, and I was like, oh, no. Yeah. Another line for me right now is Igor. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, uh, just because I watched The Fall of the House of Usher and it was an incredibly graphic scene and I was like, you know what? Let's, let's you know, eye stuff, okay, interesting, okay. but we're not going to talk about it in great detail. Right. So so I'm just putting that off the table as well. Okay. But And that's the thing, it's stuff that you can always come back to. 100%. So those are our lines and veils, which is excellent. But as I said at the beginning, sometimes when we talk about lines and veils, we go, oh, okay, now all I can think about is all the isms, the gore, animals. Now I'm just ah, thinking of eyes. Yeah. I'm just thinking of eyes everywhere. And again, what we were just saying there as well, you can always clarify, is that, oh, is that something that in a scene with you, you don't want to have, particularly have eye gore? Or can it, it be a general thing? And that's always good to, to ask mm. those questions as well. And people should be, could be like, not at all, or, or they can do a little bit of discussion, but again, keeping that discussion to a short bit. But now we go on to uh, boundaries, which uh, Hamilton will know that I always talk about boundaries. Uh, mm. But it was from my uh, improv teacher, Katie Shute, in her book, uh, The Long Form Improvisers Workbook, who got it from somewhere else, uh, you know, forever crediting list of improvisers. But we realise that, you know, when we do scenes, we don't want to hurt each other, but then we can't think about, oh God, we're just thinking about all the negative stuff. And maybe we feel a bit down and the energy gets sucked out of the room. So what I would like us to both do is to just think of what brings us joy when we're playing in role-playing games. And then if that opportunity comes up organically, I can be like, oh, Hamilton really loves this thing. I'm going to try and make it so that thing happens. Um, so one thing I, I'll go first for this time, um, yeah. as a GM, one thing I absolutely love, um, we call it an improv being put on the spot. Yeah. But that idea of like, all these things are happening. And it's like, well, Fiona, you're the only person that can solve it. And I go, okay, I okay. love a challenge. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, right. And I, I do that thing going, let me get this right. Let me get this for clear. And then we'll go through the, the list of like, you want to do X because of this, 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 and this, and this, and this. And you go, yes. And I go, perfect. But I love that sort of like, uh, like logic, ridiculous logic that you've, you've put things together and gone, do yeah. we succeed? Uh, yeah, I absolutely love that. Because I think it's... Okay. It shows willingness to see the system and mm. then break the system or bend the yeah. system, you know, because that's the kind of GM I am. I'm not someone that goes, well, you didn't roll high enough because of this. You know, it's it's more like, okay, you've done something really fun. Uh, I'm not Baldur's Gate 3. I am I, I am rule of cool once every, uh, once, once every hour. Is that not what okay. we said? Five times an hour. Five times an hour or something like that. I can't remember. Yeah. That's, so that, that, that's, that's my thing. But I also like, I like demonstrating the system, which I know we will do because it's D&D. Um, yeah. But I also like character moments in the sense of like, I like people being able to shine and show something's, you know, their particular skill set. Yeah. Because not every character in D&D is good at everything, but they get a chance to shine. Then I like to be able to show that uh, and give yeah. them a moment to do the, do the cool thing, if you see what I mean. Yeah, no, I'm with you. I think uh, as I'm playing a rogue, I want to do some cool shit. <laughs> That's what I'll say. I'm down with that one as a foundry. Because mm-hmm. I love, I do love a character having their moment, like just as you said, there's something particular, not only for like mechanically and non-mechanically. I think both mm-hmm. those things. Yeah, I, I like the three tenets of D&D. 
yeah. like role play. I like exploration and I like combat. I actually yeah. like all those things, particularly when I'm a rogue. It's I don't I, I'm happy for combat more mm-hmm. so if I'm a rogue than any mm-hmm. other feature class is what I meant to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's. Don't yeah. know about I don't have I haven't thought you know what I haven't actually thought of a good mm. one like you're being put on the spot one is a good one it's like a very particular to you one and so but, but also this is the thing sometimes people go I don't know what it is and you're like that's great because then mm. you you're aware of it so when you start playing games you're like oh I really enjoyed that's this. what I'm gonna yeah. do now I'm gonna try and think about it and maybe at the end of this experience I will I will have an answer. So, yeah, a little bit at the front in terms of just uh, safety stuff, but sure. just so that we're aware. So lines are like harm to children, uh, harm to animals, all the isms and phobic off the table. Mm. Uh, eye stuff is also off the table. I I mean, eyes can be a part. Maybe it's a veil instead. Eyes can be a part of it because, you know, everyone has eyes. But anything particular, gore. You were or saying eye gore. Yeah, I get yeah. that. So let's talk about horror. <laughs> oh, let's right. talk about this thing. So where we're going yeah we'll do the temple dm temple fingers um where we're going obviously is a horror place mm-hmm. and you've already said that you don't particularly like the saw gora gora i'm sort of okay <laughs> with it i don't really know where the line is i just think like i don't mind gore i don't mind like you don't mind things being cut off but you don't particularly want lots of graphic detail about it no it's not really that it's more like the really psychological stuff that gets to me where it's like i okay. just don't like this it's more like in saw i really hate the idea that there is a person who does the saw do you know what i mean perfect so that that really helps it narrow it down so because sometimes people are like oh you don't like saw it's because of this but actually no, so, i don't it, like yeah. the creepy guy i do not like mannequins but that is that is and that is not going to come up in D. I just don't like them physically so like puppets and mannequins i don't mind them as an ideology as in like if you talk about them in D, they're fine i'll think they're freaky but if i yeah. see one in real life that's talking to me being like that i'm freaked out so there's a difference but it's the guy in saw who's like i'm psycho i like i'm that much of a psycho that i'm going to do this horrible stuff to people i don't mm-hmm. like watching that so that's why i don't really like horror so yes i see what you mean so it's the psychological thriller type type things yeah. so that's the same because that's why i want to check with uh, black mirror because obviously some of that is can be very very dark but yeah. also it as you said it plays on those sort of like meta themes and so like you said there's sometimes those like layers of personal layers of layers about really horrible things happening to people you know yeah. so that's, that's why i wanted to just double check yeah cool so that's kind of the thing so if you want to like chop people up that's fine or you want scary or like ghosts and ghouls and and yes. body horror creatures i'm sort of okay with it's just yeah. uh, no, that's that's fine i just wanted to clarify exactly before going mm. in so this is not going to be like call a cthulhu levels of like Oh my god! But it it is a horrible place where we're going, uh, and there will be bodies. <laughs> it's like Luther. I could watch through, but now I'm like, oh, it's too much now. Do you know what I mean? Even those those yeah. characters, like those really screwed up psychos who just yeah. kill people. That's yeah. kind of what I don't like. Yeah, yeah. There uh, there won't be any any particular thing like related yeah. to that. I don't think in this, but it's good again. It's good fine. to check. What character have you made? Well, to give us a description of who they are and then go into like their class and any special features about this particular person. And, yes. and pronouns and name would also be great for our audience to hear. Yes, I am playing Navarra Faris. Uh, they, them pronouns. Mm-hmm. They are planar born and bred in sigil. They have no alliances apart from to the highest bidder. They are a rogue. No, obviously. <laughs> surprise, surprise. And I'm using the Phantom as my subclass because the idea is that Navarre is a, a dealer and a procurer of memories. 
and this is their job. They go and steal the memories of the dead because they have this phantom is a is a type of rogue that has access to spirits that communicate through them. So some of the features and traits they have are particular to, to that, such as like every day you get to choose a new proficiency mm-hmm. every day because it's some sort of a spiritual inhabitation of yourself is sort of gives you these abilities. And so their story is that they were brought up in sigil as part of the transcendent order, which is the people who focus over action over thought. So it's about, you know, you try and remove all thought. It's very based on sort of Buddhism, sort of uh, ideologies, and that's how it's sort of been translated in in D&D. But it's that idea that action over thought and and that finding your path into pure intuition will... Mm -hmm make you understand the multiverse better that's their theory Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so in that training this is when the sort of void was opened up and in fled to obviously had some sort of predilection to it but Mm -hmm. they were flooded with these spirits that took over this sort of openness that they'd made and so fortunately, in some respects, that they were there, but it's obviously happenstance that they were there, that it's kind of happened, that even Factol Reese, who is the head of the Transcendent Order, helped train them to manage and utilize these flooding of information from the dead that comes to them. But then after a while, there's like no ability for them to really kind of completely shut their mind off, because when they do, mm. it's completely filled with all these other things. So it's a very much a balance in their consciousness of and this is maybe me channeling my ADHD of, you know, maybe, uh, you know, uh, presenting that in this character mm-hmm. is that idea of that there is, yeah, there is no turn off button, but they've been mm-hmm. able to manage it. But in that, they've tried to use it to their benefit. And so they left the Transcend Order when they grew up and tried to make it on their own. And the way they've done that and sort of found their way through is well, I can speak to the dead. I can find out all these things. You know, Mm. it started off by just doing seances with people or people like asking to speak to people that, you know, in sort of that, um, I forget the name that they're called, the people that... Mediums, yeah, that sort Mm. of idea. People try like, and they're not that connected that they can completely, but if they could, they Mm. would deliver messages from this way to the people not mm-hmm. they wouldn't go someone couldn't come up to them and say i want to talk to dave and they were like well dave's not here right now but if dave is talking to them and says give a message to the person i've left behind then they might do that sorry i just love the idea you uh, navarro goes is there anyone here called dave, dave. and then three yeah. people turn their heads yeah. around like Aha! <laughs> <laughs> yeah and then they've sort of trained it up more and more working particularly with a wizard who's given them some, and they've sort of found if they go to the body, they find like remnants of people, it's much more better connection. And with that, they've started to be, they found that this could actually be quite financially viable because, for example, wizards have come to them and said, I need to find the ancient spell that Mm. no one's written down somewhere. Or that bastardly person over there who's been stealing, like who's, better than me has just died i want to know what they were up to you know mm-hmm. or lost secrets on the past so instead of like tomb raiding for the treasure mm-hmm. they tomb raid for the treasure in the brain mm-hmm. <laughs> see what i've done there uh, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah so that's kind of it so they they mm-hmm. trade in secrets from the dead the wizard you're talking about do they have a name 
at all. The the person that they were, you were working with for the longest. Yeah, I haven't got a uh, wizard name generator. <laughs> I haven't got one. This took ages last time. And just so you, because you mentioned them. Let's go with uh, she, her, it'll be Erwin. 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 Can you describe what Navar looks like? Navar is an elf, so a bit taller, a little bit more lithe, uh, a little bit elongated features compared to a human. However, mm-hmm. they are a bit bulkier than the sort of like very super lithe elven kind of look, but um, still sort of taller. However, they can contort their body and kind of use they've you know they've got very high deception skills and and athletic and acrobatic skills. So I'd say that they may appear differently in their gait and their stature depending on where they are because they sort of try to blend. Even though they are taller, they do try. So if you came across them, the clothes they wear are probably a bit heavier and a bit more flowy than others so you can't quite gauge their build mm-hmm. uh, but that their build would be bigger if you did see it, their build but they normally would yeah like big cows and big sort of shoulders and hanging sort of poncho look like clothes always quite dark grays blues they've got slick back sort of silvery hair mm-hmm. is there a bit of an older uh, now you know they're in for for an elf. Uh, I don't know how elves work uh, in so this world. How, how old how old would you put them in our terms? In, in yeah, human in terms. human terms, I'd say they're in their early thirties. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Slight burn there. I'm saying no, but uh but they've grayed early. Yes. That's the thing. I'm okay. saying, yeah, that's their natural haircut. I'm just saying that, yes, but like, yeah, yeah. they're older than like most. I think most people go with their their oh. hair characters like 21 oh, or 25. 18. You're like, yeah. grim. They've been doing this for a while. They've been at this game for you know over a decade uh, mm. since they've left the Transcendent Order and sort of their like home. Mm-hmm. Hence them being sort of high level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's kind of their look. You, yeah, their eyes are a bit deep set, dark. Uh, colored eyes so they've got like a very deep brown so it doesn't look like they've really actually got an iris uh or you know it's just like like singular mm-hmm. bit of stubble but not really generally clean shaven what's their weapon of choice uh daggers daggers <laughs> yeah just daggers it's the simplest and you know most concealable yeah they've got a scimitar if they need it but mm-hmm. generally it's just open palmed most of the time with quick access to daggers if needed, and two-handed. It, it makes sense in that sense because of uh, being able to get secrets out of things. This would be more intimate with uh, a dagger than yeah. uh, a longer, longer-bladed weapon. You know, the less they can combat, the better. Like mm-hmm. that's not the point of their game. They're not in there to, you know, they're going after the dead, and the dead generally. Well, in D and D world, they do fight more than than, than they don't. Uh, it's sometimes, you know, skeletons rise and things mm-hmm. like that. But the point is, it's not like they're stealing financial things that are guarded in vaults. They're they're mm-hmm. going into tombs to, you know. So I've put a lot into charisma as much as I put into decks because mm-hmm. you can talk your way out of a situation. The, you, yeah, if you're backed into a corner, you can get out of it. Yeah, but you mostly do it through words rather than. If I can, out. that's the first way. way yeah, out. the yeah. first way is words, and then 
if I need backup, I'm, well, I'm ready for that. Yeah. So my final thing is, so obviously we talked, yes, you are a rogue at 10th level. Mm-hmm. Just pick a couple of features. That, like, Because oh, I know you took some feats as well. Let's let's, yeah. let's let's just have a quick run through of what kind of things yeah. can we expect to see. And then we'll all instantly forget about this uh, in about two minutes. So, <laughs> so the, obviously, apart from the obvious ones, like these can't, you know, cunning action and all those stuff, sneak attack. I've got Whispers of Dead. So as I said, I get that proficiency uh, skill or tool that I can choose every day. Wails from the Grave, which I get four uses of, which is after I deal my sneak attack damage to a creature, I can target a second creature that you can see within 30 feet of the first creature, and it takes 3d6 necrotic damage. I then took the Dungeon Delver um, feat. Makes sense. Yeah, which was useful because that gives me advantage on perception investigation checks to make detect the presence of secret doors and on saving throws to avoid and resist traps and i have resistance to the damage dealt by traps and traveling at fast pace doesn't impose a five minus five penalty to passive wisdom so very good they are a dungeon delver they would have understood how to search for secret you know they're looking for secrets so knowing secret doors being able to overcome traps seemed pretty good for them it's kind Mm -hmm. of like plot armor for them and then the other thing I get is tokens of the departed. When a creature I can see dies in 30 feet of you, I can open my free hand and cause a tiny trinket to appear there, a soul trinket. I can have four of these. A soul trinket is only if you have the advantage on death saving throws and constitution saving throws. When I deal steel attack, I can destroy one and immediately use a whales in the grave without expending a use of that feature. So I can also do more attacks mm. on more people and sneak attack. And I can destroy one of my soul trinkets no matter where it is. And ask the spirit associated with the trinket one question. This spirit appears to you and answers in language it knew in its life. Under no obligation to be truthful, it answers as concise as possible, eager to be free. The spirit knows only what it knew in life. So it's just another way of me gaining more secrets. If I do mm-hmm. have to kill someone, I still have access to collecting information from them as a sort of backup. I'd say for this, you already have two of those. Okay, cool. So like yeah, that. so you can use that again, just because it makes sense. I took Sign of the Outer Plains Chaotic, which I'm saying is part of why I got this access to these thoughts is that there's some sort of essence and uh, relationship to the chaotic planes that has caused mm-hmm. this. And that gives me minor illusion mm-hmm. and gives me ca- I use my charisma for that. Mm-hmm. And I'm Planar Wanderer, so I can gain resistance to either acid, cold or fire damage. I've chosen fire. I have portal cracker, so I, if I'm aware of a portal five feet, and portal sense, and that is everything. Nice. Very good. So, yeah. Very good. The final thing, though, is that you do have a Mirmir with you. And I do have a Mirmir called Ash. Ash. Uh, do you want to quickly describe anything that, obviously, we know what a Mirmir looks like, this sort of mm. hovering sort of skull that has a, mm. is a little bit of information, uh, something that you can record your thoughts on, probably receive yeah. things as well. Um, but is there anything that particularly marks this out to be your mirror. Yes. It's a ram's head. Ooh. With the huge ram horns. Yeah. But it talks to me in a sort of like slightly robotic but humanoid, like okay. human voice. I thought you were going to give me an accent and I was meh. like, no. It doesn't also <laughs> yeah. get meh like that. It doesn't just beat bleat at me. But, no, it's, um, but it's a robotic accent. Yeah. Yeah, it does... A person who's lived in New Zealand for two years, then lived in South Africa for three years, and then lived in America. Right. For, no, yeah, cool. great, great. Oh no, it seems like rocks fall, everyone dies in this. <laughs> Can you roll for me a D4? A D4. Ooh, where's my pyramids? There's a three. A three. Ooh, interesting. Right. Okay. Okay. So, 
I don't like that. I don't like that straight off the bat. What? Okay. Okay. Cool. So, a sinister jumble of sepulchral towers claw above the hive ward. Low, menacing domes adorn the structure's heights, and branch-like walkways wind around the towers. Unending trails of foul-smelling smoke waft from the structure. Fog gathers at the bottom of the structure's base, partially obscuring the countless tombs that surround it. Sombre and shadowy, the monument evokes a hand clawing up from the grave with fingertips splayed out. This is the mortuary. Any book who knows their salt would know two things about this place. One, it's full of dead people. And two, if you go in, it's unlikely that you'll come out. Why do you think Navarre has been sent on a mission to the mortuary? What do you think they've been asked to retrieve from there, do you think? I think there's some spell knowledge. I think I was going to go with Elwyn, has given Navarre mm-hmm. this task that recently deceased on the outlands from their um, walking castle, always been evading them for some time, mm. has passed away. And before Erwin could send me there, the dustmen have already collected them. They were already on call, ready that no one could get access to them. The castle's been burnt to the ground. And this, I'm not aware. I don't, want, I don't need to know what it is they need to know. I just know that there is a person. I've been given a description of mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. They have been ready to be entombed. And if I'm not quick, they're going to be sent off to their plane of choice mm-hmm. for the rest of their time. Mm. We're very elusive. So their origin, their alignment, beliefs are unknown. Mm. So where they end up is if that's my secondary goal. If I can't get the secret mm-hmm. up to what this information is, Mm-hmm. this spell they've been working on or this magical artifact i just know that i need to find this magical understanding then i need to at least find where they're going mm. that's my like backup plan whatever this person was it's clearly someone got quite important and the urgency of this mission is thrust upon you you've done urgent missions before you're no stranger to deadlines but there's something about this one in particular, the urgency in uh, Erwin's message to you through Ash. And yeah, the lack of detail causes you concern in the sense that, because she's normally very forthcoming with these sorts of things. But the line at the end of the message is, is you know them when you see them. Unhelpful at the best of times, but also ominous. Yeah. You do have ways into these places. You know, you're no stranger to them. You've never, I would say, strictly speaking, been to the mortuary yourself. You're aware of, uh, you know, the heralds of the dustmen. And you're aware that this is the headquarters of such a faction now being factionless to an extent yourself, you know, independent, an independent freelancer. Mm. You know that you being caught here doing your business, trespassing, well, won't go well for you at all, but your connections to Erwin 
and maybe some other folks that you've worked with, other wizards in the past, and hell, if it goes back to the Transcendent Order, yeah, it has to be quick, secret, silent. So, you do have a way in. There's a place called the Path of Graves. It's a hub of portals to and from various morbid sites across the plains. And you can get there through a portal key. I want you to describe what this portal key is. We're going to take something from Bluebeard's Bride in this space. Okay. So I'm going, to, I'm yeah. going to ask you to describe the key itself. What is this key that opens the portal? And I will describe you where this portal is. And then uh, you'll use the key to go to the portal. And that's where we'll start this adventure. So okay. what's the key that will help you get to the mortuary from the Path of Graves? So it is one third of a death mask that has been cast in bronze. Mm -hmm. It's worn. It is like the Phantom of the Opera's sort of mask element, you know, that sort of shape. Mm -hmm. But it is the face of a person on the inside, which being cast in bronze. And actually on the other side, it's just like a block. It just looks like a square block. And you hold it like a chunk of stone mm -hmm. and it's actually like a porcelain clay mm. and then on the inside is this brass outline of a face that you see in it basically and that's what it that's what it is it's very heavy mm. it's cumbersome and annoying but it's something that i was given you'll never lose it put it yeah. that way it's yeah. always at the bottom of your bag um, yes. the portal is uh, a statue of various many uh sculptured marbled bodies intertwining going up to sort of seven feet tall almost like a like a whirlwind of bodies being pushed in and out uh not moving i mean, mm. beautifully sculptured like the way that this sculpture has been well made initially um you can really see the detail in the uh movement of a, a cloak perhaps the hair like almost fine, fine strands of marble. Uh, so it looks like almost like this is in motion. The faces of these statues uh, go from sort of ecstasy to, to sadness, to terror, to pain, depending on which of the many, many individuals uh, you can see on this, uh, on this particular plinth. But around the side, there is uh, a face which is completely neutral, but missing that particular third of the face out and actually it mirrors exactly what you said on the inside of the face the inside of where the block is sort of missing mm. uh mirrors it exactly like the sort of almost like an inverted face yeah. uh with various sort of gold and brass lines making it into one looking into it this face on the outside is completely sort of neutral probably matching the uh, sort of the out the outside of that death mask mm. and you know that you just have to Pop the bit in for the portal to open. You put the key in the lock. The portal opens into a sort of beautiful, blinding white light. The statue itself sort of dissipates into this sort of swirling mist. And as you are looking in, you get the sense of must. That sort of little bit of something underneath of everything, that little mm. sense of rust and dirt and blood. I'm used to that smell. Mm. Before I go in, I just mm. take 
one quick look just around just to mm-hmm. see if anyone's watching just another even though i know i've been checking as i go it's just habit it's a quick one two why don't we do the first roll and do a perception check and there's a natural 18 Whoa. yeah that's a good roll off the bat uh and it is perception perception plus five so it's a 23 nice very cool and it is deathly silent in the path of graves this place it's kind of i know i keep going to cultural references but labyrinth in yeah. that sense of like there are stairs going but there's a blue sort of hue from all these different portals mm. portals underneath stairways uh, any portal that you can desire sort of going around in that sort of uh, optical illusion type effect you don't see anyone else you can hear portals being opened and closed but obviously yeah. as you know portals open and close at random sometimes even without keys there's no sounds of footsteps or people talking or whispering you're quite alone on the path of graves server said that i do my one two but i've done a very good one two <laughs> look mm-hmm. and i do the check for the blades make sure they're still there shing shing i keep one in my off hand, which is my left hand, mm-hmm. just I'm holding it as I go through. Mm-hmm. But I'm I'm keeping that hidden inside mm-hmm. the sort of surely look with my hand, the right hand that's pushed the thing in, mm-hmm. and I move on through. You enter and the portal closes behind you. And you literally take a step and you you bash your head like ah. And you realise that you have come into quite a small space, not necessarily claustrophobic size, but definitely a, a space that is your height, and uh, you can barely sort of, you can't even turn around in it. You realise you've come into some sort of space, which is feels, you know, you maybe touch, you know, mm. a little bit of wood on each side, and even using that perception check from before, because you're still aware of stuff around you, you get the sense of something moving underneath you. This place that you're in is moving it's ambulatory so wood i feel yep. in front of me behind me side of me but mm-hmm. it's moving mm-hmm. when i hit the the wood does it make a thud or is it hollow is it like dun, 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 is it is can i tell that there's is a depth of this wood or is it open on the other side how thin is this wood like you do a quick like knock wrap of the knuckles it doesn't feel there's anything pressing Mm. on in the place in front of you and actually as you do you can start to see actually as your as your eyes sort of uh, adjust to the darkness there is light coming through like a, a slat mm. directly in front of you okay gonna give it a bit of a heavier hit this time see if i could bust this open oh that sounds like an unarmed strike yeah okay i'll take mm-hmm. an unarmed strike uh, that was it it's natural 17 oh hello oh hello. wow uh, plus four so that is uh 21 I need you to add your sneak attack to this as well. Oh, yeah. Sneak attack. So, oh, so I need to do my... That was one. And then the sneak attack is a 5d6. Uh, two, four, five, eleven, sixteen. 16. In total? So that's 16 plus... Plus one, so 17. Yeah, because one for my arm strike plus sneak attack. There's something about it that you just go... So you hit out at this thing, and your hand actually goes through uh, the wood. Yeah, there's a shudder all around you as the movement sort of stops. 
and you can see looking out you're in a place you're like a it's like a passageway like a long sort of tunnel you can see there is like um flagstones and there's uh sconces that are lit uh so it's uh you've got dark vision as well so you can see mm. a little bit uh but it seems to be like an unending tunnel but this place that you're in you realize you're quite high up and actually looking at it you just think yeah you realize that you're actually looking a little bit at the ceiling as well as the floor like you're sort of like the angle that you're looking at so you're at an angle but then the whole box that you're in shivers and shudders i need you to make for me a dexterity saving throw dex save it's an eight nut plus i've got i've got i've got dex for days save that is 15 total (laughs) 15 total suddenly in front of you the doors open and you are thrown out and you sort of manage to catch yourself and roll without taking any damage you're not hitting yourself on the dirt floor and as you sort of look back you can see a construct of some sort yeah how do i describe these sort of like spider-like appendages Mm -hmm. sort of like metal and sort of uh webbed a little bit uh but in the middle where a a body would have been an abdomen uh there is just a coffin mm. uh a space and you can see where your hand has gone through <laughs> the top part of this coffin at the top of the coffin there is like a a death mask very similar to the one that you've put in but yeah. unmoving except your fist has sort of caught part of the door so now there's no jaw uh, <laughs> and the this thing has stopped and it looks like it's like <sighs> the way it's yeah. sort of moving with its arms it's sort of like uh as like look it feels like it's watching you yeah okay what do you do when i saw this straight corridor was there any alcoves was there any no alcoves it's a long way down until i could see any turning uh it looks like it goes straight okay i'm running underneath it gonna try and run and slide underneath it i'm a rogue tell you what let's go into initiative because you have attacked (laughs) you have attacked the animated coffin okay uh, a natural 19 oh. plus 7. So uh, 26. Yeah. Unsurprisingly, you do go first. I'm a rogue. <laughs> so, yeah, so you see this creature. You can see it's sort of like getting its bearings, like clearly injured mm. by you smacking it, like unbeknownst to it, you appearing inside it yeah. and then smacking it. Uh, and you can see like the, the various legs are sort of like gearing itself up, probably mm-hmm. to sort of like beast itself up to attack whatever has attacked yeah. it what do you do so i'm running underneath it mm-hmm. i'm assuming there's space underneath it if i'm going to slide it is a large construct so yes there'll be space underneath it be very yeah. tight though but i'm 30 feet i'm going to use my abilities that are disengaged as i can use as a bonus action so mm-hmm. i'm just going to just run underneath it get on the other side of it yeah hopefully have it off kilter from that Mm-hmm. And then hold my action to see what it does once mm-hmm. I'm as far as I can get underneath it. I don't know how you want to take my movement from you, that. I mean, you can see, like, as you're about to do this, you can see that the corridor on the other side is equally as long. So you could mm. keep running in the other direction, or you could just, yeah. like, like you can go under and hide underneath it. But, okay, so if it looks like it's the same, I might then make the judgment to be underneath it. Mm. Let's see what happens. Run underneath it. Yep. Bonus action hide. I was gonna say, are you not gonna? Yeah, you're not gonna do your one thing. Yeah, I'll use my. Excuse me, (laughs) not one thing. I'd get you to do an athletics check first with advantage. Okay, with advantage because it is athletics. I only have a plus zero to that. So the first one was a three. Second one was a fourteen. Okay. Yeah. Uh, So yeah. So you don't necessarily like you. You get under 
this mm-hmm. creature as it sort of it is building itself back up and you can tell like one of the arms is try- trying to like shut i can't uh, use acrobatics for that are you rushing underneath it okay. i think you're, you're speeding underneath it but then we're going to do your stealth okay. check with stealth. your with your hiding oh, okay <laughs> okay what have i got for stealth here Oh, just only a plus 11. Just something re- fucking ridiculous, absolutely. I only rolled a 19, so that is a 30 <laughs> stealth. And you sort of go underneath. Maybe you I, you don't necessarily like, touch them, but like, on the other side of the box, you can see that like, the under of the coffin mm. itself, and you just, just stop. As you can hear, <laughs> as these legs start to click and and whir back into like its place, you suddenly you hear the two sort of the doors shut, and it's going to be its go. It's going to try and make a perception check. 30. Now, I'll be honest, unlikely, but you never know. (laughs) It doesn't look around because there is nothing for it, but it just sort of stops. And you can almost hear like the tick, tick, tick as something is thinking. Holding my breath. It maybe circles as slowly as it can and you follow it as it tries to circle back around. And it starts to move off in the same direction that it was going. It's back to your turn. Do you do anything as it wanders off? It goes about, let's say, 20 feet. I just stay as still as possible. Mm-hmm. I, I, well, I stay as quiet as possible, mm-hmm. backing up to the, the darkest point between two sconces. That's kind of what I do, yeah. which yeah. is my default position. And just wait until it's at least 60 foot. I probably wait till... yeah. It chugs off essentially as it goes down this corridor and eventually gets to about that 60 feet, carries on 80 feet, and then goes out of your dark vision. <laughs> Breath comes out. And we can come out of combat. So, yes, you are in what seems to be a very long corridor uh, with the sconces lighting up. You can see on the sconces, uh, again, you've been familiar with various dungeons at this point mm. and various tombs that there's not necessarily someone that comes and lights these things. It's clearly some sort of a magical effect, a continual flame sort of spell, yeah. these particular things. But it looks like the corridor goes on for as long as you can see. And then as you turn back to where this creature had come from, also looks like it goes for as long as you can see as well. What do you want to do? First up, I'm going to just look up and look down. Look at the mm-hmm. ceiling, see mm-hmm. if there's any ways out that way. Have a look down, mm-hmm. thinking about, do I break the floor? Do I break the ceiling? Is that an idea? The ceiling is about, uh, this is a large construct that I went through, probably about 20 feet above you, but again, looks very um mixture of sort of like mud and stone. Uh, so what it, is, it feels man-made, this place, uh, and a bit more rough and hewn at the top. Mm-hmm. But you don't know. You can't see any like trap doors or and certainly below you have a quick look around you. You don't see any sort of um particular uh way out or an exit, perhaps anything that indicates that it just seems like a very long corridor. So what I'm gonna do then mm-hmm. is I look a bit sort of as I said, I've got this sort of big heavy black cloak on. Mm-hmm. Um I do think I have a disguise kit but i can't find it but if i didn't take it i meant to take it but i am going to use this to try and position myself so i look a bit like a duster Mm -hmm. that's Mm -hmm. my plan Mm -hmm. so i might have a little 
little thing I can put on my face that makes it look like I'm sort of very pale skin. So I pale my skin up a bit mm-hmm. and use, I don't know how long you're meant to take on a disguise kit, but I try and do what I can do quickly. Yeah. Put the hood up, hold it down. Mm-hmm. So maybe I just like look like do the jaw a bit. Uh, and then I'm going to sort of try and hold myself in a position using the best I can, like what I'd mm-hmm. feel like a walk is and just walk through the hallway away f- in the direction I'm facing. Um, is there um, a particular role that of a dustman? Yeah, I'm going to be just taking a... Herald's a uh, dust, sorry. Yeah, Herald's a dust, sorry, yeah. So, I know, um, I'm the same, yeah. The old term is the dustman, that's why. Yeah, I know. Herald, so uh, a duster, so I would be just looking to be nondescript and uh, one of the workers that just takes the bodies and entombs them. That's kind of part of the job. So, mm. you know, they so just... like a, a corpse collector of some sort then. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And um wander that way all while looking for any quicker exits at the way out. Mm-hmm. And when I'm walking, I might just mm. turn to Ash and just go, I don't think that's I when I saw that it was it was weird, but I don't think I don't think it wasn't that, right? You know. The spider thing, right? I don't. I don't think it was that. And there's like whirrings as Ash is looking through their um database. Animated coffin, regular transport within the mortuary. Yeah, to carry bodies and other such items to various destinations. Right. Yeah, I, I knew that. Add category. Navar knew that. Thanks. That's very helpful. Um, things I don't know. But maybe you do. Do we know where we are in here? New category opened. <laughs> Cannot determine. Currently, no signal here. Right. Um, this is the right way, though, yeah? Give him a wink. Is something wrong with your face? Do you need medical assistance? Alert! Alert! <laughs> no, Ash, Ash, Ash. <laughs> All I'm looking for here is when we go in these things... You're my only companion. All I'm looking for when I do this is you just agree with me. We've we've made this a protocol, right? Protocol, yes. Yes? Yes. Yes. You agree with me when I'm stressed. This is the right way, isn't it, Ash? Wink. Ah, yes. The The wink function. Confirmed. Patch updated. (laughs) Thank you. Wink. (laughs) You don't wink. I wait. Rewrite subroutines. Ash, we'll talk about this later. But yes, okay, just follow me. Ah, shit, I mean, follow me. <laughs> and I walk on. Yeah, you walk on for some time. Uh, you can actually see, like, where various coffins have been through here. Like, they've not necessarily a dent or anything like that in the dirt. Oh, it's not dusty or anything like that. But you can see, like, maybe various grooves where something has hit a wall. Like, yeah. you know, they're just a bit wild. Like, if they're, certainly if they're in a rush. The corridor itself goes on for a couple hundred feet in that direction. And then it seems to uh, make a perception check. Uh, it's uh, 15. 15. Uh, you get the sense that you are going uh, downwards, like a slight uh, decline down. And as well as sort of like maybe looking back up and you can sort of visually see that sort of decline, uh, you can feel it's a little bit colder as well. Uh, not like breath frosting in front of your face or anything like that, but you can definitely feel it. So maybe you wrap your uh, cloak a little bit around you. Maybe then I would start opening my mind up and just sort of 
Like, I don't want to bring it all in. I don't want to let it mm-hmm. all go. Mm-hmm. I just want to sort of sense, am I getting, am I getting closer to the dead? Do you know what I mean? Am I getting closer to more souls that are wandering? And that's kind of what I would just do. I don't know how you want me to roll for that, but no, if you want you me don't, to, you don't have to roll for that at all. This is something that's innate to you. You close your eyes for a second, and you sort of reach out to touch uh, that part in your mind to sort of like I not necessarily I welcome you in, but sort of like I give this opportunity for those mm. around. And it's not overwhelming like a tidal wave or anything like that but suddenly you do feel like as if you've gone from being on a beach somewhere to being in the middle of the ocean uh you're swimming uh almost like treading water but you can feel this intensity this vastness of Mm. so many souls so many people here spirits and it feels like a mixture of like things disappearing and constantly appearing, like as if a cycle is happening, almost like rainwater going through that cycle. I cut it. That's what I do. It gets you know, to that when you're describing it, that's when he'd go like, I don't want to open it here because I this, mm. this is a bad place to open, as in like, it's yeah. a place I could lose control Oh yes, with it. And so I think it was just like, I, I didn't want to check, but I had to check. Check I'm in the right place. And now you get to that feeling. I'm like, no, no, no. Mm. Okay. You definitely know that the concentration mm. is definitely in the direction you're going to. It feels almost like, uh, yeah, as if you were about to dive mm. underwater. So you carry on. And you notice, again, that this tunnel that you're going through is slowly but surely starting to turn clockwise and spiral down and down. And you get, you're probably about half an hour, 45 minutes into this, journey and you finally get to the bottom of the spiral and you start to hear like noises on the way because it's that mm. long navar just talks to ash just mm. thoughts it's just recording like just inane chat mm. just to keep calm remember that time we were in in that tomb, uh, in that uh, temple. Where was it again? Remind me again. And You have been in 2,492 temples. The one with the, the golden axe, that one, right? We were in that one. Filter, golden axe, 1,203. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So how many? Okay, this is a good game. And then they, then they start that game. They just yeah. start that game, which is... Um, yeah, you just narrow it down to the Google results. 20 questions of... Uh, of yeah. it, and it keeps them calm. Keeps them calm. Ash is not necessarily the best. Complete list is very good listening. And you can listen back to your thoughts later and stuff. Sometimes you have to, you know, sort out, you know, memory full. As you sort of get to the where this place is flattened out, you can hear the sounds of... Well, it almost sounds like industrial work. There is definitely sounds of machinery and cogs, uh, sounds of steam being released. And so that coldness suddenly dissipates. It feels like suddenly there's like a sudden little bit of warmth uh, coming from uh, the open space that you can sort of start to see as you sort of coming around the last bend. It feels like this you've come to sort of the a place where you this place that you need to be or, or at least get some information in some way. But as you turn that last corner, the stench of rotting flesh just hits you. Is there anything you'd like to do before entering the space? If you want to enter the space. Well, I'm going to try and try and scope out as best I can from, from hearing what it is. Okay. I probably always got a bit of mint paste mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. That I just rub under my nose when mm-hmm. it gets quite strong. Mm-hmm. Prepared for these sort of things. I'm around this quite often. So yeah. there's, there's things I have and I'm used to it as well, but it's just a little trick that I do. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, and I just try and determine what I can from the sound, sit there for a moment and take it in. Is, is there lots of people around there? And then maybe I start to peer around the corner. That, yeah, let's do a perception check then. There's a 21. Whoa. Again, taking a moment to listen, you can hear the sounds of various like um, chains, the sounds of metal on metal, the sounds of almost like some sort of machine that is on, constantly going. You hear the sounds of whirs and, and scrapes and stuff like that. You also do hear the sounds of footsteps. And I don't want to say moans, that's not the right word. You don't hear the vocal sounds of workers, but you can get the sense that there are people around. You think from a moment, maybe it's the sounds of the machines that are deafening any sort of words, or maybe that's why they can't speak. But actually, you you sort of, as you start to turn, as you look slowly around the corner, you actually see there are many sort of grim face workers that shuffle between these shoots that have been put into one of the walls that you can see. You can see there are people there with various uh, long brooms and, and pitchforks and stuff like that, uh, turning over bodies that are sort of coming out of the uh, the chutes and just sort of turning them over, inspecting them, uh, maybe taking one or two away to be put in, in some sort of cart to be put somewhere else. Periodically, mm. you can see there are more corpses like tumble out of these chutes and onto sort of stone slabs of a loud like thump. You can also see more of these animated coffins that sort of uh, you know with their spidery legs sort of ferrying. The one you actually notice that is your one. <laughs> ironically enough, uh, it's it goes over to a pile and he sort of roots around and then almost like. Like almost like a trapdoor spider, sort of like mm. l- launches itself onto this pile of bodies, and then scoops up, stuff and then puts it in its own thing. Uh, you can see there is more than one body or part of her body put like squeezed into this space as it sort of turns and goes down another corridor. You've come to the corpse receiving and shipping facility. Oh yes, I have seen that on the maps. Mm-hmm. Where is it? The caution. Yeah. So using the the already disguised elements, maybe I'd have taken a bit further time because as it's gone yeah. on or something. Yeah, absolutely. But I'd look around and see if there's one of these brooms or shovels near where I am. Yeah, there's there's loads of sort of implements. There's like a wall uh that's usually would hang them on. There's I assume it's almost like it's a place that normally maybe you'd put your cloak, perhaps, but actually yeah. it's just a wall full of uh, various sort of pitchforks and, uh, yeah, equipment is the word I'm thinking of. Like, gar- it almost feels like gardening equipment. I'm just going to pick up something that looks pretty innocuous, like a broom, I yep. think. Nothing mm-hmm. that's like too technical that I wouldn't quite mm-hmm. know what it does. <laughs> and I'm just going to walk in, yep. not saying anything, and just going to walk into the space and just make my way. I'm looking at the map, but like to one of the receiving points mm-hmm. and if i see anything i know there's like these um beds like elements the sort yes. of um, stone uh, slabs stone yeah. slabs and see if there's it and just try and walk to those past mm-hmm. them and mm-hmm. subtly try and gauge or look at anything anything catches my eye particular yeah. you know i'm looking for something that i will know when i see it and so yeah that's what i'm gonna do yeah and it makes sense you would do so in the corpse receiving and shipping mm-hmm. 
make for me a medicine check. Medicine check. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm, I don't know what my medicine is. I have a really good investigation. I know. <laughs> I know. My medicine is terrible. Yeah, I know. Uh, a 14 plus one. A 15. You are sort of going around and you see, you notice quite quickly the people that have the broom element, they're almost like, like sweeping up liquids, fluids on the floor browns and reds that you suddenly go yep that's fine and you 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 sort of do it you shove it into a channel nobody says anything as you join sort of almost this very bizarre very open wide gapped conga line as there are various heralds of dust uh going around sweeping you there's a couple of more people who seem a bit more higher rank that are going into and over like turning over the bodies picking on a few of them and then getting these uh animated coffins to come and like take them away you make a full circuit and you don't see what you're looking for. The, the, it's interesting. These bodies, again, some of them are more intact than others. It's definitely more uh, dead from all kinds of planes as well. And the sort of the way the Heralds of Dust are just unflinching in their work. They just they do the job. Death is dead go through on one side you can see that there are crafters making uh, or repairing not necessarily your the animated coffin that you do but making more coffins of various different sizes probably for different lineages you do spot though after maybe going around a couple of times and just looking up you see that there is something uh, like a cylindrical storage area in the center of this facility and looking in you can spot that there is a corpse there you can't get a good look at it because you've not been able to go in mm. but you get the sense as you're sort of wandering around that there's there's a few more of these heralds of dust that are sort of there and there is a it's just something as you pass close to it the hairs on your arms raise up the on the back of your neck your heckles sort of spike so there's something about this particular storage mm. and as you sort of look in you definitely get the sense with that medicine check the body that is there and what you can see is complete. Right. 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 Uh, right. Is it down another level, this storage area? This um, is it is it on the level? Is it on it? Sorry, enhance. <laughs> Sorry, I'm looking. Yeah, I'm looking at the thing. So it's it's just a centralized zone that I can It's a centralized zone. I think all there is, looking at that map, um, there's just like some little doors that the minecarts were gone. So yeah, all mm. there's uh, is According to this map, I appreciate that mm. the listeners can't necessarily see this, but there is like almost like trolleys, yeah. essentially. A trolley uh, where the carts would go on, like a mine cart, mm. essentially. And there's tracks going into different places and stuff. And there is like a track that's going into the central storage facility and back. Yeah. And there's like little doors, like sort of mine cart doors. So I've walked through those doors and gone in? You've been on the outside just now because you've not okay. seen anyone approach this particular area, but you've sussed yeah. out that it uh, there's something about this particular storage place. I sort of find a quiet corner. Mm-hmm. Or look for another exit or a space where I you could... actually, with the time, you realise that nobody really spots you doing anything. You think you okay. your the makeup you've done is good, so you yeah. can take a moment where you sort of scout round and then go back to where you came in. So Ash, I I think I found it. Um, it's in that storage area now, or a construct. You you've got certain skills, but maybe I don't know. Is there a way that we could alter one of those um, corpse coffin 
leg things to do what we want it to do. Unclear. The animated coffins are constructs. They are of a mind of their own. They are not machines. Hmm. Unless there is magical means to compel one. Well, they have a consciousness. According to my entry. Wish I'd taken friends. (laughs) These carts, the ones on the tracks... Did you see or did I see anything that explains mm-hmm. how they work? Can I adjust the track? Is there a control room for these carts? Or could, or are they just pushed by people? According to the scouting, you can just push them. There is mechanical levers to change directions, but nothing automatic. There is no central control box. As far as I saw. Uh, just follow my lead. Is Ash not in on the plan? Categorize under <laughs> Navar's plans. Number 4,552, follow lead. Follow lead. <laughs> so I walk back out and yeah. find one of these empty carts and just move it. Move it. Where are you moving it to? Into the storage area. I'm just right. going to walk on, waltz in as if I know what I'm doing. I'm going to be confident. And Navar, they're, they're a super confident person. That's what they do. So. All right. So I'm going to give you a choice. Yes. Either a deception check or a performance check. Oh, it's easy. I think I've got to take deception with a plus deception. Nine. Performance is one. So yeah, I'm going to take deception. All right. All right. Plus nine. Ah, nearly fell off the table. Wait, there we go. God, don't do that. Oh, it's a six. Five? Fifteen? Fifteen? Fifteen. Okay. It's not bad. It could be better though. <laughs> you take a moment and you see a cart that comes, like, sort of, they shuffle back in. You, you've seen carts that go full yep. of various body parts and parts mm-hmm. of full bodies. And a couple comes back and you just casually, as almost as if you're at, like, a fantasy supermarket, go and take one. Does the wheel go a bit wonky in this? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And you don't stop. Because you know if you stop, they will know. And you take the track. You can see it's already in the position. Maybe you send Ash ahead just to quickly sort it out. And again, just part of the deception, just very cool, casually. And you go into the central chamber. Coming up close. And the, with the sort of short, uh, shorter doors closing behind you, mm-hmm. as you come in, you can see that this particular it is uh, a cylinder shape, and it goes up incredibly high. You can see that there are all different sort of boxes and a bit different sort of places or cells. Cells is what I'm thinking of. I sort of put around, and it almost looks like the inside of like an inside lining of something not that you've ever seen intestines or anything like that but you know how there's like sort of almost pockets essentially Mm. in a number of these pockets there seems to be bodies of all different lineages and species uh whole and intact and there's one that has been sort of splayed out uh on a sort of uh, examining table but again slightly upright a little bit and clearly has just been examined. You can see there is uh, like a maybe a little table next to it that's got some tools and stuff freshly clean and stuff. It's a very weird vibe. Mm-hmm. It's like a surgical room, but with red lights. Mm-hmm. <laughs> looking around, you, it's almost like these corpses, these bodies are looking down at you. 
as you're coming in. Nobody stopped you coming in. What would you like to do? I'm going to pull my trolley close to this one that I had the prickle on the back of my neck at mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, move it up to them and yep. investigate as to how I get them from there down to this. <laughs> because mm. you're saying they're in these sort of flesh pocket. There's definitely lots buildings. of flesh pockets. There's the one that you sort of notice coming in because of yeah. the way the, the doors yeah. are. It isn't in a flesh pocket. They're no. just on this, this examination. But that's not the one that gave me the hairs on my back of my neck, is it? The one that's it, out? That, that was more the, the chamber itself. Oh, the as you, sort of, as you oh. came in, there definitely was like almost like a as you came into some sort of space, you okay. think that maybe this place was warded in the sense of like, it's a different sort of atmosphere, almost okay. like pressured in some way. I see. So I'm going to just, then I'm just taking a look around at what, who these people are, any mm -hmm. of them that sort of trigger anything. And then particularly this one that's out in the middle and mm -hmm. um, just go and have a look at them. So looking around the ones that are in the cells, the sort of, red fleshy cells aren't moving at all they're they're all again nothing outstands out to them you can see maybe a couple of horns you can definitely see one that's almost like feline in uh sort of in features as definitely like an aracroca as well you maybe count looking around all these cells and like up to an impossibly high ceiling uh, maybe 30 uh all different ages different lineages in these cells and then you look to the creature that is on this examination table and you've probably, because of your dungeon delving, your tomb raiding, so to speak, you've seen mummies before, or maybe you've even fought mummies before. And it's a similar sort of garb. You, you're you aware of the sort of processes of like life after death, the removal of various organs sort of to preserve and what that creature believes in life and what getting them ready for the afterlife. So this creature humanoid in appearance but is tightly wrapped with various bandages mm. as you look closely though you can see that underneath the bandages they're, they're loose in places and you can see uh, the skin color underneath uh, you know a dark gray and then on the other hand probably you can see uh, the site of some bone structure and stuff like so sort of still decaying flesh the top half though is uncovered and you can see a skull with various sort of like jewelry and garb, definitely like uh, a death mask or part of a death mask that was on. What do you do? I'm going to take the thought that, well, it could be coincidence. It could be happenstance. This is the one. So I'm mm -hmm. going to let, place my hand on the skull mm -hmm. and sort of reach out to them and just mm -hmm. sort of like tentatively just reach out and just see see what they are, who they are where they were okay. that's kind of what i'm gonna do all right is there any particular uh feature you're using for that at all to get in any sort of particular knowledge other than flavor yeah. some stuff i mean i'll use uh, i thought what i could uh, sort yeah. of flavoring this a bit yeah but course, i'm no, gonna no. use my i'd use one of my whales of the grave mm -hmm. uh on this which would mean i don't use it for my sneak attack but i get four of those and i think mm -hmm. i would just yeah i would use one of those to mm -hmm. sort of see if i could open my mind to this to this mm -hmm. person so you take a moment maybe you say a silent prayer of sort of respect mm -hmm. and you go and you place your hand and as you touch the bone you open the door you start to get glimpses of of a, of a person could be quite wealthy 
in a in a different definitely different plane you can see almost like sand and strange sort of triangular structures uh the importance of family but before you can really do a connection suddenly you feel on your hand a grip and you open your eyes to see this creature this the skull turn to look up at you and say the words oh good great can you help me i seem to be alive again and we're going to call it there for this evening <laughs> like shit myself the boss cooler than that but it's that's that's great there you go uh, there you go yeah sorry went over a little bit but i thought ah, oh, no, that's, no, cool that's good that's good that's a good point i like it nice nice so there you go so you've made it inside the mortuary and mm-hmm. i will tell you now in terms of things so you rolled at the beginning that d4 was the adventures in the mortuary ah okay and i will tell you what you got uh just for funsies yeah so number three is when a godling is born on the upper planes a wave of positive energy sweeps over the mortuary through its portals restoring hundreds of long dead creatures to life <laughs> so we're gonna have right. a bit of fun with that oh that's great i like that that's cool yeah. so i've got to not only do the thing i need to do but i've also got to deal with the fact that loads of dead bodies are coming to life great <laughs> yeah that was good fun wow yeah I can see why your TTRPG's rising star of 2023. Oh, but... <laughs> <laughs> no, that was really good. That the was Mortuary really falls, good. everyone dies. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was really good. I really yeah. enjoyed it. It's a very interesting uh, supplement because there's not necessarily mm. an adventure in it. It's obviously... No. It's like other ones, it just gives you ideas. And so I was like, yeah. hmm, I want to use more of these animated coffins. They sound fun. They're very cool. Yeah, they are I like very those. Cool. I'm looking at the creatures now. I'm like, that's cool. That is, yeah. re- there's some really great, oh, some really great stuff in this. But we'll be back for part two uh, yeah. next time. But in the meantime, Hamilton, when you're not being Navarre, yeah, Navarre, uh, and mm-hmm. you're you're breaking into places, what 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 do you normally do, my friend? What I normally do, uh, well, you can find me. Uh, I haven't done a, a bit on it for a while because, as I've been, as people may know, I so I do has a stripes, which is my my necromander uh, channel. Hopefully, got a, another tale of four gangs coming up very soon, um, and I've also got a half recorded uh, gang law, which is like just needs to get done. But I've been focusing a lot on Bowie's and Spelljammer because I'm just mm. it's that final hurdle that's there that is taking a lot of my focus and two are uploaded to to youtube now the third one i saw whilst we were recording this had finally exported the final bit so i just i just (laughs) need that's good that took seven hours so that's fine um and yeah so i've got 10 of them ready to go up there i just need to get through the process of adding Mm. the intros adding the outros Mm. and then chucking them up and doing all the text and yeah, I actually, I'm, yeah, that's that's going to be coming soon. So you can find that at the Roleplay Factory. If you Google yep. the Roleplay Factory or at, it's just the Roleplay Factory at YouTube, then you can find that. Maybe I'll put the link in the show notes for that. And if you want to subscribe, we'll you'll, be, do that. you'll yep. see that when that comes out yeah. soon as. It, I'm going to stop saying a date, but it's getting there. We're getting to the final hurdle. It's going to be, it's going to be the out before the end of the year. Yeah, that's the hope. Yeah, that's the, I think it should be. I just, I think it will be. I just want to make sure that there's at least the, the good, the ones that I've got done are up. Yeah. Then I can press go because I feel like I don't yeah. want to do what I've done in the past, which is like rush, 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 yeah, rush, okay. and then and then uh, it doesn't happen. So I can have them ready. Mm-hmm. And so, um, 
<laughs> how, how I've got, a, I've got I'm, I'm trying something new here. Yeah. How amazing is it to be here? Why am I not always here? When is the best time to be here? But but here, where where is here? <laughs> yes, to all of those questions. <laughs> it is great to be here, uh, and it's great to be wherever you are and whenever you are. But where? But where? Aha! Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm so glad you asked. Uh, so what am I rolling? Uh, it's a twice monthly RPG one shot podcast where you get to hear me most of the time, not scaring people out of uh, giving them the heebie-jeebies with my horror stuff. Uh, but we play lots of different RPG systems. Going Rogue has finally released, mm, probably finished by I the time it. this has gone out. Yes. Yeah. Somebody has messaged to say they loved it, which I was like, wow, like actually people are listening. Which It's, it's on my next lit to watch list, this listen to list. Yeah. Ooh, it's it's yeah i'm glad it's out there um i didn't i actually put a lot of pressure on myself for this one because i was like i need to get it right and i still think i got some of it wrong but i think in the sense of like not editing wise my mind oh i could have made better choices but i think the end result is really good like i I remember reading it back uh, listening back and going good chance so yes so that'll be in three parts that'll be coming out soon we have an interview uh with someone called the rpg therapist called daniel hand oh you did that yeah nice yeah so he he'll be at dragon meet which obviously by the time this is out mm. uh, either has happened or is about to happen who knows um and he'll be there uh but we're just talking about like how important is role-playing games in terms of you know going through and like you know, maybe exploring issues that you find uncomfortable mm-hmm. and how he uh, he himself has been using it in his uh, sessions with his clients and it was just a really fascinating tool that's really interesting. His favorite RPG, slight spoiler, is uh, the One Ring Second Edition. There you go. I know. It turns out it's not all D and D, and you'll hear why he doesn't use D and D for his cast sessions. He's come up with his own system for it. Oh, ah, okay. Oh, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, oh, I'm up for that. that yeah, I am be halfway through running a series of cult divinity lost for RPG geeks live streams on Mondays. Uh, from a time of recording, I know next Monday. Classic Fiona never tells me anything. I completely forgot about it because um, it's all ready to go now. And yes, we are going to be running through. I'm going to be running Sharmony, our friend Sharmony, uh, Emily, and Aaron from uh, Queen Society Games. We're going to run through them through something called the Atrocity Exhibit. And if you think Fiona, you're you know tabletop RPG rising star, but horror queen, you've not seen anything yet. You just um, added that one in there. <laughs> the queen of horror. Queen. I like it. Oh, oh yeah. sorry. Is this a crown? Yes, queen. Uh, yes, queen. <laughs> how many episodes is that going to be? Do you know? Four episodes. Four episodes. Monday nights. At... Monday nights on the RPG Geeks, uh, I believe, Twitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, there'll be a live stream and there'll be stuff for the Patreon stuff as well. So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to it because Cult Divinity Lost is, obviously, it's a horror. So we dive into that horror stuff, but it's a really simple system. I really cool. like it. It's just 2D10s and then you 15 plus full success 10 to 14 is success with complications and then just nine is failure so that's wild love it i'm quite excited for it how exciting can i say that i listened back to some old as i said last time i was back to some old dms book club and what i love is how awful the endings are because you're all like you know and in the sense that you're just like and we had this problem as well i was like how do we sign off yep. a podcast but we fixed it didn't we we've, because, we've now fixed because it all we have to say is see you see on the flip, you on flip side <laughs> bye bye